This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. The number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. And Mark is gone on vacation. He obviously had a lot to do in uh, the absence, uh, in my absence here, to kind of fill in uh, my shoes and... I think he burned out a little bit, so uh, he needs some he time it. off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So he has taken. Actually, he's taken Marv, uh, the mobile, <laughs> the mobile authority resistance vehicle. Marv? He certainly deserves that. He he needs an escape. Yeah. So um, of course, for those that don't know, Marv is uh, the mobile authority resistance vehicle. It's the 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 RV that our friends Pete and Ademo bought uh, at LibertyOnTour.com. Actually, it's Pete's, uh, but Pete and Ademo have been riding around in this yellow and black. Really <laughs> standing, it stands out. You you can't miss Marv when it does it's not seem by. like Mark's style at all. Well, but, I mean, well, he's bringing the whole family with him on a vacation, so... Okay. They're going to be looking flashy. There's all kinds of Liberty stickers on the outsides of the truck and promoting all these messages of strike the root, so... Oh, yeah, it's he, awesome. He's going to capture some attention on his trip. There's some great Liberty-oriented advertisements on there. The Free Talk Live has a banner on the on Marv and a free keen as well. Uh, so he is going to get a lot of attention, and I guess he's willing to do it. Uh, he probably got a really good deal. He'd probably got a better deal renting Marv from Pete than he would have going to like an RV shop or something. Oh yeah, like that. so it's a great way for him to get a vacation and do a little bit of uh, activism at the same time and promoting the Shire community. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to be driving around uh, Maine and New Hampshire. So it's kind of not really a staycation, but certainly <laughs> going to be a, a regional. Isn't he going on a cruise? Yeah, the uh, the Liberty Cruise thing. I believe that's still going to to occur in early November. Okay. But I'm not positive because I'm not going on it. I'm going to be here doing uh, doing this show. So we're here to take your phone calls uh, about what you want. Mark's going to be out for the next week. 855-450-FREE is the number here. More news about the Occupy protests that are going on around the country and are gearing up for this weekend when uh, it's supposed to be the the big day i guess or a big day yep. uh where a lot of, a lot more will be happening international day of occupation i hear is is that uh, what it's being called yeah it's october 15th so, so saturday derek you had some uh some information on some goings on i guess well, over at the boston event yeah this thing is really heating up i mean over in boston they've been occupying for 10 days i'm sure there have been people there before then but it's really been big for the last 10 days now last night starting at around 1 30 a.m as reports you know cbs news and some of the other like boston globe mm-hmm. um Today, the the police have reported that since last night, there were 141 arrests in Greenway Park, Boston. So originally, Boston had been occupying this one park, Dewey, and then it got a little bigger and people had some different messages. So they sort of just, you know, separated. And uh, the ones over in Greenway Park got huge uh, police violence all up on last night. So. Um, they were saying that the the people were unlawfully assembling. Now that lovely, yeah, that just raises a lot of questions in my mind. I mean, about what the Bill of Rights means. And, Obviously, it means nothing. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, the First Amendment is very clear that you have the right to peaceably assemble. Right. So the the mayor, um, he he says that he sympathizes with the protesters. This is like he. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's in name only. I, I don't know how he's sympathizing because these are people who have not hurt anybody. He, he said uh, that they shouldn't be on Greenway because they just added one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in shrubs 
to that park, and he was concerned for the public safety of those shrubs. Now, I'm, I'm not <laughs> even joking. That I, You can look up the articles. That's why he said uh, he, they, they were tying up the city, the protesters were, because they had been setting up these, like, tent camp sites, you know, just so that they could occupy more effectively. Uh, but he says he's open to suggestions, but civil disobedience will not be tolerated. Let's come back to that point here in a moment. The idea that he says he's sympathetic uh, to the protesters. He's pandering. Well, sympathetic just means he feels sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, he, remember, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Right. And empathy is where you can empathize. You can feel as they feel. I believe I I can empathize with the protesters because I've been there. I know mm-hmm. what it's like to uh, to to be a part of a protest. I know what it's like to have the police crack down and arrest uh, arrest peaceful people. And even if you've never actually experienced it, you can still imagine if you want to try to put yourself in their shoes. So you see a video online of somebody being assaulted by the police. You try to put yourself in their shoes. That's how you can empathize with somebody. Otherwise, showing sympathy just means you feel sorry for them. Oh, you poor poor protesters uh, well you know it doesn't mean that you agree with them or that you support them in any way well being that he's in charge of deploying the police onto these people i don't think he really has the sympathy he no, claims clearly. to have i mean it's he did well, hand- he may feel sorry for them in that the, that he thinks they're stupid or that he thinks they're inferior to him well yeah okay so right. that's fair he, he may have sympathy on some level yeah. though not the one he he uh is not the one he he's attempting think. to per- portray here but he did uh, order the police to hand out pamphlets to the people the, the night before um, saying, you know, you're not allowed on Greenway. We don't allow people to camp here. Just so you know, we're going to be ordering you to leave soon. He he did give them a little bit of a heads up. Right. So uh, I don't know if you consider that a nice thing. It's it's just making a threat. So on they're a piece leaving of paper. them alone in the first park. Was it Dewey Park? You right. said. Yeah. They, and, they left them alone there. And then uh, because they outgrew that park, they're now saying, well, no, 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 you can't go any <laughs> yeah. further. Than no, this. no, no, we can't let this thing grow. We can't let this be any bigger than it already has become. So it's based on the size of the protest. Or no, well, they were saying that it was because the of the shrubs. Yeah, okay. they, they were concerned that the people were camping and they might hurt the shrubs well, and they were probably, expensive you know that's probably a good uh, attempt uh, considering a lot of the people at the occupy events are of the more liberal persuasion maybe they they figured if they told them they were concerned about the plant life there that that would shoo them away well you might think but they were using force against these peaceful no, people horrible. and how many got arrested 141 wow so for what was the charge the the charge was unlawful assembly. They there were some who were charged with an additional charge, Probably like uh, disorderly conduct or y- something, resisting it, arrest. It, yeah, they they were other charges like that. But it was unlawful assembly, which they defined as you must move when you are ordered. Mm. So I, I, it's it's not self explanatory to me what unlawful assembly is. Uh, so I'm glad they, they like. put it into those terms. Right. It's it's whatever it is they don't like. I've encountered this before, where they will come up to a group of uh, say protesters on a sidewalk somewhere, and they'll they'll issue some absurd order like, "Well, you're allowed to protest, but you have to keep moving." Right. Yeah. No, they they do that in yeah. New York right now. Yeah. So I mean, these stipulations is, by the the men with badges is absurd. All that right, all that is is just a we're in charge here and we're going to prove it. 
by giving you an order mm-hmm. and you, watching you obey it. And of course, most people will go ahead and go along with it because most people don't want to get arrested. Even people that are willing to go out to a protest aren't really willing to take it to the next step and and actually stand their ground in a situation like that. Because if I have the right to assemble and protest, then I should have the right to stand still and do it. And, uh, you know, you just come tell me I have to move in order to have the right to protest. That's just a here. Here's a a hoop. Jump through it, slave. That's all that is. Well, Well, I wonder if in the video I saw of the New York protests, if everyone was... It almost looked like a march because everyone was all moving in one direction. No one was standing still. And I wonder if it's a situation like that where Maybe. they have they're forced to keep moving. It's kind of like that old game snake where, you know, when you keep adding more people, it just gets longer and longer. But it has yeah. to keep moving. Yeah. So this is what's happening in the in the parks um, in New York. It's expanding. And in Boston, obviously, it's expanded too far for the police's liking. But what I really love about this story is that the veterans stood up to the police. There was a group of veterans. I, I assume it was the Veterans for Peace organization because they've been active in all of the Occupy uh, cities I've been to. Mm-hmm. But they were carrying American flags and standing between the police and the protesters when officers advanced on them. And one veteran was pushed to the ground as wow. as a heap of other protesters fell on top of them. So, you know, the, the people there were saying the, they could have arrested us if they wanted to without trampling on the flag. So I thought it was a... You know, a nice symbol that the veterans were getting in the way of the of the police from doing their duty. But then also there's the symbolism of trampling on the flag. Right. And is this what they fought for? Is this the kind of freedom that they thought they were fighting for in the military? Doubt it. All right. So our number here, if you uh, would like to share your thoughts on this or anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free and bring up anything you like at 1-855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have listening options, so you can get tuned into our live streams around the clock, 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is available for you there. Plus, uh, you get a list of our great radio stations, over 109 stations across the country that air the show throughout the week at various different times. Our satellite listening options, including two XM satellite radio channels, our free-to-air satellite channel, and the webcam and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetime? Well, would you want to join them? I can tell you I did, and that's why I'm here now in New Hampshire, and that's why I think you guys are here too. Sure is. 
That's exactly right. So uh, the idea of getting activists together, it's a no-brainer. I mean, look, it's that's what's happening with o- Occupy Wall Street and Occupy fill-in-the-blank wherever. Uh, people getting together, numbers make a difference. Um, however, the numbers have to be like a concerted effort over a long period of time. Will Occupy Wall Street pan out into anything? That remains to be seen. Uh, but will the Free State Project pan out into anything? Well, we've already seen that it has. A uh, community has been built. People are uh, are socializing. They're creating uh, relationships with one another. They are creating businesses. They are getting involved in the community. And they're getting elected. And there's civil disobedience. And there's media. And there's all kinds of stuff happening here. And really, we're just getting the ball rolling. I mean, we're all essentially in on the ground floor of this thing at this point. Just getting started. Yeah. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this movement that is so exciting for those of you that love the ideas of liberty this isn't just some random group of people with a bunch of different uh gripes about the world getting together in the streets somewhere this is a specific community of folks that are are coming together for one overarching purpose now they're different individuals in that they believe different things like some are religious and some aren't and you know there's different kind of belief systems within the mix but overall the uh, the overarching belief system is that government's maximum role should be the protection of life liberty and property and that means that those of us who don't believe there should be any sort of coercive government are also welcome here as well so you owe it to yourself to go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that and hopefully get involved Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. Maybe you are out uh, on the ground at one of these protests where apparently in Boston there have been several, like almost 150 arrests. And this was this was early this morning. Is that right, Derek J? Yeah, it started at 1:30 a.m. and so I I, it lasted for a couple of hours, but it, it took them till this afternoon to get the official count from the police. And they're charging people with unlawful assembly. Yeah, and also a violation of a municipal bylaw. I was wondering about the – that was going to be my question about unlawful assembly. Was was that a bylaw? Was that a violation-level charge or a misdemeanor? Yeah, uh, it's a violation. And okay. the, the claim was that you know the mayor had ish, uh, told the police to go and hand out these pamphlets saying you, you have to leave and – this is going to be a violation if if you stay and just saying that basically we're threatening you with violence if you don't move. It, it's absurd to me that an unlawful assembly could even happen at 1.30 a.m. Who, who could that possibly inconvenience? Who's like t- tourists or you know like – Well, right. It's not about a, an actual complaint being lodged. And of course, we've seen that whenever a complaint is lodged, it's usually a city worker that lodges the complaint. Like the, the code enforcer that came to threaten me the day I got out of jail uh, was here because a Keene City Councilor filed a complaint against my house. Uh-huh. So most often it's somebody who's actually within the system who's complaining about something that threatens the system. I mean that's why it's unlawful as far as they're concerned is because – not because anyone's inconvenienced but because it's a threat to the status quo. Well, it sounds like it's Tyrant Menino's own complaint. It's interesting because I wonder what the civics teachers are telling their students. When I was in school, I was told that protesting and all these things were totally acceptable in the United States. That's why it's a free country. You yeah. can protest and it's totally okay. Well, you they can. can. You just have to go and beg permit, beg for a permit first. Right. They they do like prefer that citizen. you ask permission. 
or else they will use violence against you. Right. That that way they can, of course, reject any uh, permission that uh, that you ask for. In fact, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, uh, where I've got a story about a man who built a treehouse for his his kids. Oh. And uh, we'll we'll find out what uh, that has, what asking for permission uh, has to do with all of that. Well, th- about <clears throat> permission. It- that's why Menino says he will not tolerate civil disobedience. And, and my question is just, well, well, why not? It's civil. So why is the, other, the obedience of others so important to you, Menino? Like, isn't this a clue to the people of Boston that they're in danger of living under a tyrant? Or they actually are living under a tyrant. Right. <laughs> uh, and you're absolutely right. And that'd be a great question to ask a politician just to try to listen to them slime their way out of it uh, in their answer. Because it really is all about disobedience. And they have a real problem with that. They hate to be disrespected. And they see disobedience as the ultimate in disrespect. And they want you to obey their system and obey its every little diktat and every little edict. And anything that you do outside of whatever they tell you to is a personal affront to them. Basically, you don't like our laws? Well, then get out. Or here's a cage. Or here's a cage. (laughs) That you have to pay for. That's how it is here. I mean, that's why I'm facing a trial at the end of November, because I went into a city council meeting with a a beer bottle that had been emptied out and filled with water, the label removed and replaced with a label that said not a beer. Um, So it was pretty clear that I wasn't drunk or disorderly or anything like that. I was just simply enjoying a beverage at a city council meeting. But yet I was threatened, uh, told to hand over the the bottle, and which I refused to do because I'm not going to consent to a search. And uh, then I was told I needed to leave or else I would be arrested. And so I didn't leave because I was at what I thought was a public meeting. Right. And so I was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct, even though nothing I did disrupted the meeting in any way, shape or form. No, they disrupted their own meeting. It, right. was, it was their own choice. And I think they were embarrassed about it. But just like your... Well, they uh, don't sub- like to be made fun of. That's well, just it. Yeah, they, they want your obedience and nothing else. But just as your civil disobedience there and, and other times has empowered other people to come out and support you in, in the courtroom or in their own styles of activism, I, I say that this claim by Min, Menino that he won't tolerate civil disobedience is only going to empower the people who are unhappy with the actions of the police. Sure the people so. who aren't at the, the rally in Boston already, they better come out. I mean, I'm sure they will without even me prodding them. They're going to come out to the courtroom and, and say that tyranny will not be tolerated. I sure hope you're right about that. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's important to have liberty-minded people, because I think some are on the fence. Well, I don't know if I want to go to this thing, because you know, there's liberals around. It's the same thing with some people not wanting to go to the tea parties, because there's fascists that, uh, that are around. Uh, it's important to go to all of these events, where there's the possibility to connect with people and get the ideas of freedom, or in this case, non-cooperation, or occupying a courtroom uh, out there, because maybe that hasn't been proposed. Hopefully it has, but... But occupying a courtroom has no risk. If you're a fence sitter, if you're someone who's really not sure about the how you feel about what the police did, you there's no better place to be than the courtroom where we'll certainly find justice, right? As long as people are upset, it doesn't really matter if they're confused about why. Those are the best people to reach out to. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, they're ripe for a new message because people are tired of hearing the same old crap over and over again. Uh, but although I, I disagree with one point, Derek, and that is that it's safe to occupy a courtroom. We'll come back and talk Uh, about that. Uh, At 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. 
Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free to 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates, so get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can go to news.freetalklive.com and follow us via email updates, or perhaps you'd prefer Facebook and or Twitter. Whichever way works best for you, they're all free over at news.freetalklive.com. And coming up, on October 19th, you can let the establishment know that we the people, not the media, will decide the future of this country. Head over to blackthisout.com to be part of the largest grassroots donation effort in history. They're trying to do the Ron Paul money bomb, this historic Uh, event that happened during the 2008 campaign on November 5th. Uh, They're doing it again. It's now going to be October 19th. They're calling it blackthisout.com, and it's the first step in getting the government out of your life and out of this economy. You can let the media know that you won't stand by and let your freedom be blacked out at blackthisout.com. So we're still kind of discussing the Occupy fill in the blanks, uh, the various different protests, uh, demonstrations that are going on around the country, uh, starting in Wall Street, spreading to to Boston and Philly and many other places. Uh, And it's going to spread even further coming up uh, toward the end of this week. Saturday the 15th is going to be the big day. What were they called? The International Day of Occupation. Right. So, uh, So they're gearing up toward that. And on the way toward that, the police in some places are cracking down. Uh, in Boston, over 100 people, 140-some people arrested during the overnight last night. Right, just saying scram. And they're charged with uh, a bunch of nonsense, including unlawful assembly, which, of course, I think would make for an interesting court case, uh, considering that the First Amendment of the United States Constitution makes it pretty clear that you have the right to assemble. And uh, so the question, of course, ultimately will be, well, how many of these protesters are going to take this to court? How many of them are actually going to go through and have a trial versus take a plea bargain, pay a fine and try to make it go away? When you're dealing with 140 people, even if, uh, you know, 20 percent of them decide they're the they're the only ones who want to take it to trial, that alone will still be a nice little burden on the, the court system. Well, the prosecutors are already getting ready for that, and they've already downgraded the charges. So uh, not for everyone, but mm-hmm. for many of them, they've downgraded the charges, I assume, so that these people don't have a trial by jury, uh, because the um, unlawful assembly carries a sentence of a year in, in the county jail. So then that's a misdemeanor then, not a, viola- not a violation. Well, I'm thinking well the second one was the violation of a municipal bylaw. Right. Um, so unlawful assembly may be a misdemeanor in that case is what oh, it sounds like. I see. But and I don't know what the difference between Massachusetts court system and New Hampshire's is. But in New Hampshire, if you have a class A misdemeanor, you can get a jury trial. If it's a class B, you cannot. Uh, so it sounds like they're probably doing something similar as downgrading it to where it's just below the threshold of being able to have a jury trial. Right. Which means that they'll likely all get convicted. 
Well, and you know, unless there are there's a swell of support from the people on the benches, and we see some arrests right in the courtroom, because well, that that could certainly happen with Occupy the courtroom. Yeah, and that's and that's where you were suggesting that they should go with this. I mean, certainly they have the people. I would imagine 140 people was probably just a, a portion of the amount of people in that park. Yeah, you're just camping out. Come on down. I mean, there are at least a thousand people there last night. So, yeah, pack I mean, the and courthouse, that's a- pack the hallways, pack the whole place. Yeah, make it difficult for the prosecutors to even get to the bench. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, you could fill the place with people. It is a public building. They, they're they not going to say, oh, you know, fire marshal code. You can only Well, they actually can say that. And that's uh, one of the well, reasons why that uh, only 20-something people were allowed to watch my trial, because they claim that the room isn't built for more than a certain amount of people. So, yeah, they will lock people out of a public trial. It's a different situation. 200 people, 200 police arrested 150 people. Mm-hmm. This time it'll be 1,000 people versus the staff of a courtroom i i doubt they'd be prepared for that now when are they setting the arraignment date for did the, you said they were setting it out uh, a little far uh, you know? I, no let me look that up because that might be a factor here if they don't have the arraignments if they're just ticketing people because most people at a protest are going to be pretty compliant they're not going to you know demand they're not going to refuse to process uh they're not going to withhold their names from the police they're going to likely be issued a citation uh, they didn't. I'm, what I'm saying is, they didn't take 140 people to jail last night. They right. might have taken 10 percent of them to jail. Those who maybe didn't have an identification card on them, uh, because that's what's going to happen. The cops are going to stop you. They're going to demand you show ID. They're going to write a ticket, and they're going to say, "All right, here's your court date. We'll see you then." And they're just going to let most people disperse on their own. The only reason that wouldn't happen to you likely is if you didn't have ID and they couldn't be positive about who you are. Then they might take you in, hold you overnight until they can get more information about you. So so if they're setting court dates out, it's likely they're setting them out a couple of months, which may mean they're hoping that the protests will disperse as things get colder and then they'll have their arraignments and then they'll have their trials. So, you know, you may not see trials until February, March or something. They, like they did 18 arraignments today. Oh, wow. So they're moving right ahead with it. then. Yeah. But it seems like the court dates, you know, could still be further out when it's colder. There won't be so many occupied people, perhaps. That's true. But then they could occupy a nice warm courtroom. Right. To, right? <laughs> well, I wonder if, if dragging the court date out would have people involved for a long, like sort of draw out the protest if people who are involved in this would come out for the court dates and stuff, too. That would be awesome. But uh, I don't know how networked everyone is and how um, excited everyone is to go to court for someone they might not know very well, like they're in New Hampshire. Well, that's just it. Uh, that is one of the tricks, is is getting people to communicate and getting ideas out there and encouraging people to step outside of their comfort zone. I think uh, that's, that this is a good next step because we I talked last night about how well, it's it's all good to go out and protest and it doesn't really usually result in anything as far as change is concerned, but it does allow you to meet people. It does allow you to network with new friends, people you've never met before, and hopefully something will come out of it, some next step. So maybe this could be a next step among many possible next steps is to go and take this all the way through to the end of whatever the court process is and, and have people go out and, and support those folks. Well, I thought the point of a protest was to sort of raise questions and public awareness. Um, That's have the people point. talking. Yes, yeah, to get ideas out there, promote a website, promote some uh, some concepts. 
but it's also a meeting place. It's also a place where it's a hub of learning and sharing knowledge. And so that's why I was really excited by the work that Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund did, sending people over to New York to spread the message of liberty, because that's that's where people can they're already congregating, talking yes. about problems we all share. And so let's move on to solutions that we, that we can get behind together. And so, that's what people are looking for. They don't have the solution. They they don't know what the solution is. I mean, the only solutions they're really generally presented with is some politician that comes trotting along saying, I agree with you guys. Vote for me. Right. And they don't really know much beyond what they could do. Well, even the list of demands. I mean – to whom are you demanding these things, Occupy protesters? I, I know it's not everyone who's making demands, but Wall Street has official demands. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm, excuse me, why don't you just go and do it? Like whatever you you want to do, you don't need to ask. Well, the, it's always the easier president to for, Yeah, okay. So I, I see where they're coming from, but I don't people think want it's the path be of least, People want the path of least resistance, don't they? I mean, that's for the most part true. Obviously, people that are willing to go out and protest are willing to go against that to some extent. But ultimately, they all would like to have a magic wand waved and have everything change without them having to do much more than just rant about it in the streets somewhere. Wow, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> well, <laughs> be able yeah. to wave a magic wand and make all your dreams come true. Well, yeah, that's, I think, how some people think the law works. Right. They envision the government as having that magic ability to to make those changes. And so that's why they're, in many cases, you know, the politicians come and pander to them because that's the only answer they know is, well, let's just elect somebody new. Look, Obama's going to change everything. Oh, wait, he didn't change everything. So who's next? And then the next crew comes along. So somebody has to present them with new ideas, which is why I think it's valuable to have liberty-minded people around uh, to, to interact with these folks, to, to spread those ideas to them, because it is the right time to reach some of these people, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, because you can damn well bet the socialists uh, are out there trying to reach them as well. Uh, well, with, so with is CD message. Evolution. Yeah. So one eight five five four fifty free. But is going to a court just to support somebody a safe activity? Let's talk about that on the way here. And, of course, take your calls about anything. And on the also on the way, uh, the treehouse, the illegal treehouse. We'll tell you more about that. This is Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. And you can join us on our website, of course, over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, we invite you to do some shopping with us. You probably have already shopped at Amazon. If you've been online for even a short amount of time, odds are good you've been to Amazon's website 
the way to shop through Amazon is through our affiliate link. And what you do is you go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll see different Amazon links at the top for different countries. Click on the one that's right for you, and it'll take you to your favorite Amazon site. It's the same great Amazon with the same great prices and huge selection that you're used to, free super saver shipping, all the usual Amazon stuff. It's just you're entering through our portal, so Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. It's a great way to get the stuff that you're looking for and help Free Talk Live out at the same time. So once again, that's shop com. Now, have you ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts and costs less than an hour with any good attorney the 4CD course is so easy, the average 8th grader can learn it in just a weekend. You can visit Jurisdictionary.com and uh, download the variety of free tools that they have there for you. Free legal dictionary, free videos, weekly tips and tactics newsletters. That's also free. And you can buy their course. Jurisdictionary.com. Use their pull-down menu and choose Free Talk Live so they know that you heard about it here. Jurisdictionary.com. And speaking of uh, courtroom shenanigans... Uh, Derek, you had suggested earlier that it was safe to to go to a courtroom and to back somebody up, like to, to go and show support for, for somebody. Yes. And I think that's I'll make that generally claim. true. I think that's yes. generally true. But any time you place yourself within the physical realm of the government bureaucrats, especially the aggressive ones that tend to inhabit the court system, like the court security agents, the bailiffs, uh, the sheriffs that might happen to be lurking about. Uh, The man in the robe, of course, is ultimately in control of everything there, and and whatever he says goes. Uh, They don't even question what he says, so if he wants to arrest you for something, he can have that done, even if later the arrest is thrown out, uh, as it was with our friend Adamo, who was arrested and charged with a felony for asking a judge three questions questions on the judge's uh, the man in the robes way into work that charge was uh, dropped because it was nonsense and because he had a video camera with him the entire time but the point remains he told his goons to arrest him and they didn't question anything they just went right ahead and, and did it so if there's something that they don't like about you maybe the fact that you're wearing a hat in court or just something simple that you may not necessarily think about usually they give you a warning usually you have the ability to kind of change what you're doing or take your hat off or leave the courtroom, but you never know. You are essentially dealing with uh, people who have the ability to get away with whatever they want to. And if they feel like taking you and handcuffing you and throwing you around, then they will do that. Then, yes, uh, having heard this, I will have to acknowledge that it can be dangerous to step inside of a, a courtroom because the the people who wear badges can and may do anything they want. Although that said, if you are there with others, that helps uh, mitigate that risk. Definitely. And if you're only there to occupy, if you're only there to show numbers and you're not there to wear a hat in the courtroom as part of your civil disobedience, or if you're willing to bend to some, you know, minor technicalities that the bailiffs want you to bend to, then you can still do effective uh, occupation of courtrooms relatively safely. Yeah, when I went to a courtroom um, to see your arraignment, um, I had... A good experience with the locals there sort of it seemed like most people were on your side. Some of the people were acting hostile towards the p- other people there. They're supporting you. Uh, one of one of the activists sort of he came in with a hat and 
of course, they got onto him about the hat, and mm-hmm. then there was a struggle, and then people don't like to see the. It was almost like in school when there's a kid acting up, and all the other kids are are like, "Why can't you just, you know, go along to get along?" Right. We're all suffering because you've decided to to stand up. Right. You're holding us up. So. Um, I've experienced that in that courtroom where I was standing recording. Usually I've got my video camera in there and recording uh, whatever the trial is. And I heard some nasty woman making just awful comments uh, about the the liberty activists, something similar to that of how, you know, we're all inconveniencing them or whatever. (laughs) And I can understand I can I can get where they're coming from. You know, a lot of people that are going to court, they got work to go to. They want to they want to, you know, get it done, get it over with. No, their gripe is not with us, though. It's it's the. Their gripe has to be with the inefficient government. But that, but it's much easier to place the blame on the activists. Well, sure, but it's inaccurate. I You're mean, right. I it's stood inaccurate. In a, yeah, I stood in a long line today at City Hall, but it, I didn't blame the people who were standing there. I, I blamed the inefficiencies of the way the, bu- the business is run. Yes. So you are correct in your assessment, but that doesn't mean that your uh, your thought process is going through their minds. They okay. see well, they see the activists as being the ones. Like for instance, when uh, the police came to arrest a dozen of us at the uh, the jail last year, we were having a nice little protest there and waving signs and waving at the the prisoners. The prisoners loved it, um, <laughs> and then the the police showed up and arrested a dozen of us without even warning us first. So again, sometimes you don't get a warning. Sometimes you just show up somewhere thinking you're going to support somebody peacefully, and then the cops swoop on oh, in gosh. and uh, and arrest you. But in the the newspaper article that was written about these mass arrests, the claim was that well, the police had to go and respond to these activists, and so therefore, a woman who got in an accident on Main Street, there weren't any police around to respond because they literally called in all the police from Keene oh and oh some cops goodness. from the surrounding towns as well. They, I mean, they had Keene, Marlboro, Swansea. They had a state, state cop there, and they brought out jail guards. So they had like five different jurisdictions of police out there to arrest us. And there was a woman who got in a car accident on Main Street, and they had to call in a cop from Swansea the next time town over to come and respond to an auto accident in Keene. But it's all the activists' fault, because if we hadn't been there doing activism, then the police wouldn't have had to arrest us. Now, of course, that's completely inaccurate because the police don't have to do anything. They could have sent one cop out. He could have looked at us and said, oh, well, right to protest, right to assemble. I'm out of here. But no, they chose to make those arrests. And we see that, but the average person may not see it that way. No, the average person knows that cops have discretion because they always try and weasel out of a speeding ticket. So every person knows who's had a speeding ticket knows that cops can use discretion. And and the same can apply to the people who are protesting. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they won't place the blame on the wrong party because they see the activists as stirring up, okay. as uh, you know, tipping over the apple cart, doing things that are unnecessary, and why can't you just pipe down? Why can't you just go and run for political office uh, okay. and stop I, upsetting? Right, the I think activists, I see, the activists I think I see are, where you're coming from. A lot of times they're going out of their way and sometimes to intentionally cause a stir. And a lot of people don't like that because they see the officials as just, oh, they're constrained to the system like all of us. And the activists are just trying to make it harder on us. Or I don't know. I am right. trying to assu- assume that that's what they think. Status quo lovers. Just people Pretty who much. don't want the, bo- the rope. The boat to, to be rocked. Yeah, well, that's exactly who they are. And they hate any form of activism. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we've done, I mean, I've been here like five or you know, almost six years, uh, five plus years. And so I've done a lot of protesting. 
or demonstrating, whatever you want to call it, waving signs on the side of the road. And frequently people will yell out their car window. Usually the responses are positive, but sometimes you'll get the, the, the bird. Somebody will flip you the bird, F you. But sometimes people say, get a job. <laughs> and I've heard get a job more often than, than anything else. And it's just this flippant comment that, uh, that people make because they presume that if you've got time to protest, then you must not be working, which of course is nonsense. And or if you're not working a nine to five job, then you're not really employed or some other kind of, you know, classist uh, viewpoint. So I thought maybe it was just something against the free staters or the liberty activists up here. But then I was out on the corner of uh, the peace uh, protest that happens on a weekly basis here. And most of the time, that's 90 percent or 95 percent not free staters, not liberty activists. Right. And it's been an, that's been an established uh, protest that's been on going on for years, like before the Free State Project. I and mean, these have been going on for a long time. Uh, so I don't think that the people driving by knew who I was specifically, but I heard them yell at the, the peace protesters, get a job. So it's just a it's just that's there's some people out there that hate seeing activism. They hate it. It doesn't matter to them what the activism is. I suppose if it was like a pro-war thing, they probably wouldn't have said anything. But for the most part, it, they don't they don't care who the activists are. They just care that they're out there and they're in. You know, they're annoying. They'd yeah. rather not see you. I, I guess there are some people out there, but who who cares what they think? I don't. That's <laughs> I mean, they haven't stopped me. Yeah, definitely. So let's continue with you and your thoughts coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. A little bit more actually about the Occupy events. Ali, you've got a few different related stories. Yes, I do. Stuff going on out in San Francisco and interesting news about the police teaming up uh, with a big bank. All on the way, 855-453, plus the illegal treehouse and whatever you want to talk about, 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free SACL CAI call in line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. All right. So, of course, you can bring up anything. The big news, as far as I'm concerned, and you guys uh, certainly agreed on this. Uh, the, In fact, it was you guys that brought in all the news about the Occupy events happening today. Derek, you talked about uh, last hour in Boston. Overnight, they arrested over 140 people for a nonsense charge known as unlawful assembly. Scandalous. And, of course, we're hoping that uh, many of these people who are arrested will decide to, to, uh, to take these charges to court rather than just knuckling under paying whatever the fine is to try to make it go away. And then hopefully that the Occupy folks will show up at the courthouse uh, on those particular days. So uh, 
hope, hopefully we'll hear more good news about that. Of course, Boston isn't the only place where things are happening. Uh, nope. Ali, you've got some updates on both San Francisco and some news that happened before the Occupy event in New York City. Yeah, in San Francisco, um, I got the story from San Francisco Gate by Vivian Ho. Um, week long encamp- There's a week-long encampment in San Francisco outside the Federal Reserve Bank uh, Thursday. Uh, by Wednesday, it says it's grown to 50 people. Around 9.30 p.m. Wednesday, police handed a notice to Occupy San Francisco protesters that although the city and police department quote unquote celebrate and protect free speech and the right to assemble their encampment violated (laughs) several city laws they included a ban on having an open flame on a street or sidewalk creating a public nuisance disorderly conduct and lodging and serving food without a permit Uh oh naughty naughty all kinds of disobedient things going on out there i'm so glad they didn't get a permit for the food thing i know that really makes the police look bad Protesters began taking down tents and removing belongings, activists said Thursday, but also pro- also posted the police notice online. More than 100 supporters subsequently arrived at the encampment. At 12.45 a.m., Department of Public Works employees arrived in trucks and began removing campers' possessions as police stood guard. <gasps> they just they- stole wow. property? They were just taking their property it's in the middle of the night? It's not stealing when we do it. The, yeah, the police <laughs> oh, separated the protesters from their equipment and then brought in trucks and just started loading everything in the quote Uh, says wow they took everything said one protester who was asked to be identified as leslie m they said if they if we showed an effort that we were removing our stuff and taking down our tents it would be okay which they did wednesday and then later that night at 12 45 a.m they started hauling in all their stuff and taking away and now it's confiscated equipment it's evidence i guess now, the San Francisco cops have a lot of experience at this. Up in, Before this, they'd been attacking a homeless encampment, if I'm recalling correctly. Yes. There's a long-running, like years-running homeless encampment somewhere in San Francisco. And at some point, some bureaucrat in the city or some group of bureaucrats decided they were going to pick on these folks. And so the cops went and they literally rounded them up. And probably confiscated their tents as well. I know that uh, where I come from in Florida, the police are known to go to homeless encampments and just cut tents. Just cut them. Did they put them in cages or they they were just sending a message that I'm going to destroy your property, although you don't even have a home? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, sometimes they'll cage you, sometimes they won't. It just depends on who you're dealing with. My goodness. But it's, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing here. They're attacking homeless people because those people, that's their home. They're camping out in the park. Yeah, well, I guess... It sort of surprises me that they would use the same aggressive tactics on people who are protesters, because these are obviously people who are willing to speak out and believe in civil rights. So, or I don't know for sure what what this Occupy event is all about, but I assume it has something to do with civil liberties. And for the police to just go in there and think that it's going to be the same stories with the homeless, I think they're wrong. I think there's going to be outrage about this, I hope. I certainly hope so. And this just happened, when When was this, this went down? This was last, well, it was Wednesday night. It was 12.45 a.m. So, so it last was week. Thursday, yeah. So, um, yeah, I know that there was some sort of a effort to occupy the Fed as well. And as I understand it, a number of the people in the Occupy movements really understand that the Fed is a problem. So that's one of the common threads between them and the Tea Party is there's a lot of people in, in both right. who get that that is a, you know, sort of a common enemy, so to speak. 
Yeah, it's great that you hear liberals and conservatives alike, conservatives alike coming out against the Fed, which I used to think that if someone was coming out against the Fed, it must mean that we agree about more stuff than we necessarily do. But it doesn't seem like anyone likes the Federal Reserve these days. Well, just the concept that a, a private bank would own the currency supply and, and issue the money is yeah, who is, would agree with it yeah I, I think that's a difficult concept for anyone to swallow except for the banks i mean they, they might like the but it's it's been talked about for a long time i mean even henry ford commented about it in his time saying that if people understood what was going on with the monetary system in this up. country yeah they would rise up so maybe uh, it's happening yeah I, I think it's happening a little bit later than henry ford may have hoped but yeah, people are aware that this is not a good situation to be in. So in the San Francisco situation where they're coming in there, separating people from their equipment and then just confiscating it, did they make any arrests in that incident uh, Incident, or is it just, we're going to steal your stuff, screw you? They did make an arrest of this one guy who was accused of assault, but... So there was a warrant out for him or something like that, or... Uh, I think it was from the event they said that he assaulted a police officer. I see. He may have said, hey, put down my tent and try to grab it, and that might have gotten him an assault charge. Yeah, I didn't give any details. It just said he was being accused of assault. Well, I, usually those those articles come from mostly police report stories anyway, so you kind of have to read between the lines about what true. happened. Right. I mean, and even, honestly... Uh, for me, defending your property, there's nothing wrong with that. Although I don't suggest it when there's a cop aggressing on you. It's not a good idea. But Well, Derek can speak to that. I mean, you were trying to defend your property a couple weeks, a few weeks ago when they right. arrested you for it. Well, yeah. And uh, if anything was so the cop was asking me whose property is this. No one really spoke up, although I was holding on to it. And uh, the one thing that was clear to me is that since the cop is asking, it's not his. He has yeah. no right to take it. He walked up to it when it was already there. So it, it is, does not belong to him. It doesn't belong. The tents don't belong to those cops who are walking up to them. They're just acting like they own everything. Well, right. As, uh, as long as you have a badge on, you can just take anything you want from anybody that you want and... You know, maybe later down the line, some man in a robe will issue an order saying that you have to return that. But that might be six months down the road. Uh, when was it that that arrest happened, Derek? It was well over a month ago. Yeah, it was right? on the 9th of September. Right. So, Ben, it's been over a month. I st- it was my amplifier. It was what right. you, were pro- uh, you were protecting. I was in jail, so I couldn't be there at the event uh, to speak up for my own equipment. You were in charge of it uh, at that particular event. It was a dance party that you had put together. And so, essentially, I've been deprived of... Of, and you and everybody else who is using that property has been deprived of the ability to use it. And there's some level of value there. Like, for instance, we use it for our karaoke uh, after parties. Right. It uh, brings people together. I mean, people use this equipment uh, to share in a good time with each other. But that- now that's been completely crapped on by the, the local police department. And so I guess the I guess the rule is as long as someone walks up to you and flashes a badge, you just have to hand over everything that you have to them, right? Because if you resist, then you get all kinds of extra charges like assault or resisting arrest or... Obstructing government obstructing administration. Government administration. Just right. hand it over. Well, th- that's their attitude. I, I don't encourage that. <laughs> but even the police will Hold admit. Hold on to your property. Even the police will admit that there is a problem out there with uh, regular us regular folks imitating the police. And they'll, they'll say that, you know, you're supposed to be cautious of these police imitators out there. But how are you supposed to do that exactly? I mean, if a cop comes up and says, hand that over, uh, <laughs> it's not going to go real well if you say, well, how do I know you're a cop? Yeah. You know? Well, I've always been interested to see what would happen if if someone made that claim because I, I was saying to the the police 
you know, who are you? Who, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know who you are. You're just some stranger trying to take my stuff. Exactly. And so I, I did make it clear that I don't know who they are. If, I don't care what kind of badge they have. So. There's one way that you can handle that that I've heard of, and that is to call the police department. So, like, if you really want, if you really are serious about using this objection, you could at least lodge a, a, a complaint call to the police department. And say, hey, someone here is here claiming to be one of your officers. That's a great you idea. Know, can Can you verify that Officer Kopcha is supposed to be here at you know right now? That kind of thing. That would be the only way to really check it out uh, that I can think of. Your thoughts, your suggestions, certainly welcome. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the toll free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. Inviting you to our website. The Shrine of Female listeners is there. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. See it for yourself over at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, you need to know about ManVentureOutpost.com. They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some Their prices are so low in some cases, they can't even be mentioned on the air. So get an additional 5% off with our coupon code which is FTL, as in Free Talk Live. And you can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. We're continuing to update you on a variety of Occupy-related news, but there's other stuff to discuss tonight coming up the Illegal Treehouse. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, But first, news out of New York City, Allie, that actually came before the protests. What happened? Well, what happened was um, there was a charitable donation by J.P. Morgan Chase uh, to the New York City Police Foundation. Uh, beginning in 2010, J.P. Morgan Chase donated technology, time, and resources valued at $4.6 million to the New York City Police Foundation, including 1,000 new patrol car laptops. The gift was the largest of, in the history of the foundation and will enable the New York City Police Department to strengthen security in the Big Apple. This is from Ugh. the J.P. Morgan Chase website. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. That was the largest uh, donation the, the, the NYPD poli- ever received? Right. Oh, pull, pull your accounts if you have any accounts with that bank. Exactly. Well, Not there's only bank you want to yeah, support. J.P. Morgan Chase? Yeah, if, if you're one of the occupied people, I would hope you don't have any of their you're not banking with Chase. <laughs> and apparently, actually, Ali, you showed me something during one of the breaks. Speaking of J.P. Morgan, uh, apparently these guys have just been eating up banks over the last 15, 20 years. There's a graphic over at it's LouRockwell.com 
is where they link to it. What's the blog post title that people can look for uh, to, to where they can find this graphic and see it for themselves? Because it's really it's it seems like it's kind of like stating the obvious that these banks have been gobbling up other banks, but it really shows it in a graphical way that's right, it's, pretty stunning. It's really it's a good graphic. It's um, LouRockwell.com slash blog. Uh, it, the post is called Sasquatch of Wall Street. And it was posted, what, today, yesterday, something like that? Uh, it was wow. posted. It's a great uh, blog, by the way, lourockwell.com. Mm-hmm. There's always something fresh on there, some neat graphic or, or video related to Liberty. Yeah, it was posted uh, yesterday. Okay. And it basically just shows from 1990 to now how many banks there used to be in 1990 and how they've sort of been consolidated. And now there's... Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Yeah, it shows how many of. Them. I mean, obviously, there's still more banks than that, but those are like the big four, and it shows just how many banks they have just eaten mm-hmm. over the over the years. It's well, incredible. It, it seems that it's not so much an aggressive tactic of the banks as much as the regulations are tying up the smaller businesses mm-hmm. and making right. it impossible for them to work. Because I know that people aren't happy with the banks today. You right. certainly know that. So why isn't competition being introduced? Because the regulations are too oppressive. I have a question about credit unions. I've heard some people talk about credit unions like they're separate from banks and they're so much better. But I can't I don't understand. I don't have enough financial savviness to understand why they're different. Okay, so I know a little bit about this. Um, Mark would be better to answer this. I'm sure there's credit union members uh, listening that could answer your questions better. But from the basic knowledge I understand is a credit union is owned by the members. So it's set up as a not-for-profit uh, company, so therefore they can roll more of their money back into giving you know higher interest rates, which of course interest rates anywhere suck. Right. Um, but the idea is it's owned by the bank, so it's a more localized control situation. That's that's kind of the basic difference. I'm sure there's a lot more that uh, that I'm not privy to. Let's go to you and uh, your thoughts here. We'll start out with Michael listening in South Carolina. Hello, Michael. Hey, Ian. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, basically, I just wanted to uh, throw out a, a tactic for uh, debating uh, status. And one thing that I've come up against is um, when you talk about rejecting the state, people always want to raise a lot of objections. They want to know about you know, who's going to provide the roads, who's going to provide the police, and, and so on. I found it easier if you just uh, argue for secession uh, rather than talk about all those things. So you're talking about focus on like a like a federal level, focus on that rather than getting into the nitty-gritty details of how local government would, would be outside of them having monopoly? Well, that would be a good start. Um, I, I normally uh, put it in, in general terms, uh, just about self-determination, which I think is a, a more positive term. Uh, it doesn't come with all the baggage that secession may, may come with. but um, Like individual secession? Individual seceding well, from their local governments? Well, it could ultimately get down to that. Most people don't, don't, um, they don't take it as that when you begin to, to argue, you know, you, know, when, you know, when you begin to talk about this. But you could talk talk about it initially, you know, at the state level, or even at the the federal level. You could talk about like the United States seceding from the UN, or you know, Italy seceding from the EU, and so on. And most people would say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then if you get in, get them to agree in theory that you know self determination is a right, then I think you you've basically won most of the most of the battle. I really like that. 
Yeah, so what kind of response do you get when you propose uh, to, to secede? It depends on the person. Um, honestly, like the more, uh, where, where I live in South Carolina, the more rural um, and traditional uh, the person is, the more antipathy they have <laughs> for the government uh, in general. Um, you know, that's a generalization, but it, it seems to hold up with me. And when I use this kind of argument, you know, that basically, you know, people have a right to be free and, and then put it in those terms of self-determination, most people agree with me. So you're and saying most... Avoid... Sorry? Yes. Go ahead, I'm You're sorry. saying most people resonate, so there are people who have not resonated with the idea of self-determination? Well, some people don't, um, you know, because... Some people think, well, that's going to naturally lead to violence. What about law and order? Well, usually the you objection know? of a person like that would be, well, of course I can be self-determined, but it's all those other people. Oh, I see. So, yeah, so right. it resonates with the individual, but not, uh, right. they not can't, about everyone else. They can't see allowing other people to be free because they believe they're monsters and they need need to have government around to control them. What mm-hmm. do you think about the Civil War? Me personally? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm a South Carolinian. You know, a lot of my family were killed off um, by the U.S. military. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I do believe in secession. I, you know, I think uh, while I don't support the uh, Constitution, just you know, a lot, some of the specific things in the Confederate Constitution or or the institution of slavery. You know, I, I do think that um, I do wish that we had been able to succeed. You know, Michael, thanks for the call. I appreciate you bringing that up with uh, with folks. I think it's really important to talk to people about secession today. I think it's a viable political solution uh, and it's certainly something that needs to get out there. In fact, polls recently have shown that like one out of five Americans already thinks that secession is a good idea. So if you're starting with that kind of support, it wouldn't be too hard to convince more people about it. Certainly people hate D.C. all over the place. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Lots of archives are there for you going all the way back to 2006 and all of them completely free. So just go click download and enjoy on the house. freetalklive.com. Now, one of the other things you can do at Free Talk Live uh, at our website is you can contribute to us via Bitcoin. You can use this brand new, well, newish. New, it's one of the newest currencies in uh, in the world, and it's starting to, I think, really take hold, at least uh, on in the digital world, because that's the only place it can operate at this point. It's a digital currency that essentially acts like digital cash in that it can be completely anonymous, which means it's useful for a variety of things. But, plus, uh, you don't have to worry about transaction fees or banks or any sort of third party getting in the way of you and the individual with whom you're doing a transaction. 
In fact, there is no central Bitcoin organization. There's nothing that the feds could target to take out. The entire thing is a distributed peer-to-peer system for transferring value from one person to another. And you can actually get Bitcoins now by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including some of the big ones. Uh, And you can learn more about these uh, wonderful little uh, digital currencies over at exchangebitcoins.com. That's exchangebitcoins.com. That'll help you get your hands, your digital hands, so to speak, on some Bitcoins. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Ray is listening in Washington. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, folks. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, you know, you were talking about what people yell at when you're at a protest. And yeah, people like driving war- by yelling, get a job, or F you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was at a war protest with my daughter and probably maybe five, six years ago. She's like 30-something now, early 31 or something. And, uh, you know, I, we got the regular people who drove by and yelled those kind of things at us, but What was really interesting was that there was a recruiting office right close to them. Now, you've got to remember, I'm 53 years old, so I just missed getting sent off to Vietnam and getting slaughtered. Mm. In those days, it really wasn't a choice. You were drafted, and you either are a real hero and run to Canada. That's what the real heroes did. (laughs) Or you go over and you kill a bunch of people you didn't know or do whatever. And, And in a lot of cases, people like killing other people, and so they... They, they joined in on that kind of a thing. But these young recruits got an idea. There was, most of the protesters were, I was young. A lot of them were 60 and up from there, and they, they had been in Vietnam and known the horrors of war and stuff. And so um, these young, these young uh, enlistment people, they weren't even in the military yet, I don't think. They were just all signed up. They got in their shorts and got their American flag, and there was probably 15 or 20 of them. And they run around in circles around us and, you know, telling us we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't even have a clue, they said to us. Now, I often thought to myself, that was five or six years ago. Are any of those guys missing a leg today? Are any Um, of them dead? You know, are any of them, when they looked at us, we were doing plenty of work for them. What they didn't realize is, we were all old, and we all knew that our government would lie to us and slaughter us and, and sell us for Goldman Sachs so that we would only be a part of the Boeing war machine or the Lockheed war machine. You know, this is the, you know, when you hear that guy, I just, I just looked at those young people, and I thought, boy, your life, if you even make it, you got a lot to learn. Yeah, that's interesting because it's sort of the opposite of what you usually think of with older the older generation being pro establishment and the younger generation challenging that and the older and the you know older people are saying you don't know what you're talking about i fought in a war for you and the only reason you're not speaking chinese right now is whatever you know <laughs> well, it just goes to show that there's different people of disparate viewpoints at various different points in age so there are still a lot of people in there in an older age who are very very pro uh, pro war and pro state but yeah well and you have to remember back in 66 to 68, we had some of the greatest protesters of all time. They gave up their life and, uh, in some protest. Well, right. And, 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 of course, you get people who have been in the military. A lot of cases, people that get in the military, that's when they learn. They finally learn the truth about what right. it is that they're, they're right. engaging in. You, you know, they often say that military makes a man out of people. Now, I was never in the military, and I've been a, a good father. My children are old and have done well. 
And I always say to them, and I say this on a local talk radio show, if I go into the military and for three months some guy yells at me and says disgusting things about my mother, what part of that's going to make a man out of me? You're here. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just to think that these guys bubble from North Carolina someplace who may not even be on my same level of life can just scream and yell at me all day and make me dig a hole so I bury a cigarette six feet. What part of that's going to ever make a man out of me? Ray, and what, think, what in your opinion makes uh, makes you a man? What makes you a man is living up to your obligations, sticking by your family, trying to do the right thing. You know, you don't... I often say to people who, who talk about Christianity, just do the right thing. That's all you've got to do. Just just open the door for an elderly person. Try to help out your fellow human being. Just do the right thing. Right, and the right That's thing doesn't include out. following the, uh, the the orders of politicians to go and murder people uh, around Challenge the world. You. Yes, challenge them makes a man out of you. Challenge what they say so that a generation... Well, I would I say from, that makes a human being out of you because obviously yeah. women uh, should you know be doing the Feel same so things. So left out. I do all these things too. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm a man. Yeah. You're more of a man than a lot of people. <laughs> how about that? Well, uh, you know, there's real women and real men, and that's just how life is. Thanks, yeah. Ray, for the thoughts. Take I appreciate care. hearing from you at one eight five five four fifty free. That's. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I feel like I kind of trapped him into that one. I wasn't. I wasn't taking what he said to be sexist. Sure, oh, but <laughs> he, neither, he really but... put it beautifully. I think. I you agree. Know, he he didn't seem to be intimidated by those men who were running circles around him, and that that can be a very intimidating thing. But he kept his uh, ground. And I re- I really like where he's coming especially from. when they're waving the American flag. That's very scary. Well, yeah, they're gang sign. <laughs> well, look at the you going back to the question about uh, old people being one way and younger people being another as far as their their opinions on war. Obviously, the reason that uh, they're targeting eighteen year old boys in the first place is because they're ignorant and they're just fresh out of uh, government indoctrination camp where That's the military true. is built up constantly. The military's on campus uh, in in most cases. I'm fortunate that I went to a high school where there wasn't. Uh, a, a military recruiting program on campus, which is very, very rare uh, for a government school. I mean, those guys are that everywhere. We took a we took time out of class to be recruited at wow. where Gosh. where we were. We came in thinking we were going to have class. I think it was government class, uh, and there are some guys in fatigues trying to tell us to join the military. So they they were at the front of the class and just. Yeah. Giving you a big telling pitch. us about all the benefits and how it's going to be so great if you join the military and you could get $5, you want to go to college you want to go to college I bet you can't pay for college well you can now if you join the military you Sign might up have, today might have already won some very valuable prizes <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and and five thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money to a kid in in high school. Oh, yeah. So I mean right. I don't know what the the signing bonuses are now, but I think it's like five or ten or something like that. Where if you, if you just sign up, kids, you'll get this bonus. You could get a new car. <laughs> uh, the girls love men with cars. Uh, you know, men in uniform. Uh, the, they have all these well, pitches. Uh, no, the men in uniform thing is true. That's a great thing. But the ooh, but these fatigues are disgusting. Oh yeah, no, the <laughs> uniforms have have gotten way. They awful make you look now. fat they, and just. They're bad color and stuff. But they won't tell you in class that the soldiers for the past few months haven't been getting paid. 
or or that there was a, a problem with the soldiers getting paid. They, they won't tell you that. When they won't tell you about the rates of suicide. No, yeah. I, or post traumatic stress disorder and no. and all. all there the was rest. there was one girl in the class who's like, my brother's at war, and I'm really worried about him right now. I don't know. I haven't heard from him, and <laughs> I'm just worried that something terrible has happened. And the and you know the recruiters were just like. You know, well, we didn't want to talk about war. We just want to talk about benefits. Yeah, right. We we only do training in the military. There's never war. <laughs> Toll free number eight five five four fifty three. That's brought to you by SACL CAI. By the way, that number one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You're welcome to comment on military recruiting. Maybe you've been targeted by recruiters. Maybe you were a recruiter once, and now you've repented and you're uh, trying to do the right thing. More on the way. Eight five five four fifty three. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, get in touch with SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, do you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of our banner column. Again, freetalklive.com. And don't forget, over at freetalklive.com, there's a variety of different features there for you. Uh, You can help support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find a a whole list of things that you can do to help Free Talk Live get into more ears around the world and bring more people to the ideas of freedom. Once again, promote.freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun, Phil is listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hey, Phil. How you guys doing tonight? Super. Great. What's on your mind? Well, well I, the gentleman that was talking about protesting in the military and being a man, it, it kind of it kind of touched a nerve with me. I, you know, I consider myself a libertarian by nature, but at the same time, you know, there is a place for the military. Really? I mean, we can all agree that... that what okay, place? The kind of place where when the British were here and we had to fight them, the militia fought them correct. I mean, so, we have well, wait a minute. Here. No, wait. Isn't there a difference between the military and the militia? Yes, there is. And okay. the only reason we don't have to fight wars here anymore, according to the Russian military intelligence of the what sixties and seventies, was there were more weapons here than there were in all of Russia. So, yes, a, uh, a militia would be necessary to, if we were fighting a war here. So then now, you would support. Let me see if I'm going to make sure I'm clear on what you're saying. You kind okay. of muddling the terms together. Would you say that you would support abolishing the military and just having a militia? No, not necessarily. There are still enough foreign issues. And, and look, I mean, for me personally, when I hear about a, a tribe of people in Rwanda that are hacking off the limbs of another 
you know, tribe, yeah, that bothers me. Do I wish that the U.N. was competent enough to get that job done? Yes, I do. Why don't you go over there yourself not. and do something about the limbs being hacked off? I oh, mean, there's nothing sake. stopping that's most, you. That's Are you serious? Well, why do you think the government I mean, could do it if, if, if you can't rally enough support and through persuasion well, to get okay, someone else in to Indiana, do it? Me and Indiana, I'm going to go rally support. Well, maybe not do you just care, you. or are you yes, just saying you care? Do you really care about those people, Phil? Look, I'm 48 years old. If, if if I was if I was military age, and they were taking volunteers today, and we were going to fight in Rwanda, and I and I was of age, yes, I I think that would be my duty to go help people who needed help. If so somebody Phil, could sit on the here and say, "I'm an American, I don't care." All right, you know that's up to them. I don't care. Nobody's being conscripted into the military. Here. But I'm being right forced now. to pay you know, for you guys it. Treating 18 year olds. You guys were talking about 18 year olds as victims. And if you've been on the school's campus, uh, even a high school campus or any university lately, unless it says military institute at the end of it, it is not pro military. You're kidding yourself if you think they're churning out Wait a minute. soldiers. Didn't you just say you were 40? Hold on, on hold on, Phil. Didn't you say you were in your late 40s? Yes. Uh, Allie, how old I are am. you? I am 21. So you've been on a high school campus as of somewhat I've recently. Got five like. Recently, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, I've, been, I've got five kids. So I guess I think. Right? I, think I know which I speak. Okay, well, thank you very much. But wouldn't you admit that there are recruiters on campus uh, throughout the school system? Yes. Do they let the Quakers come on? Hold on. Do they let the Quakers come on and talk counter-recruiting? I didn't have that experience. A, a school today, you think they're going to let a religious organization come on campus? Isn't that what, what the military what is? Are you guys, what planet are you guys well, wait, on? Wait, okay, so let's say it's not religious. Let's say it's a group of, uh, of activists that would like to come give a counter-recruitment presentation. Now. We call that the faculty. The faculty. Oh, no, the no, faculty. no, 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 no. My school, you the faculty was school anywhere. mostly pro-war. Do, do you want to listen to the young lady trying to tell you what really goes on on school campus? She's trying to tell you, Phil. Um, in my experience the, in, ahead, in school, um, we were encouraged to go to college. And if you couldn't afford college, go into the military. Where do you think happened to, do you think the majority of students are going to be able to afford college on their own? Most kids at my school were prompted to go to the military because they thought that if they didn't, then they would never be able to get a good job with decent pay and that they were going to fail at life. And this is what the teachers that told That is them. what they've been told. And that, I think, would be a reasonable expectation of anyone who thinks that when you are being urged to join the military that you really wouldn't be asked to kill someone. Then you're not dealing with reality. That's what they do. That's like saying you should be a policeman because they get free meals once in a while, and if you can't afford food, you could go into McDonald's and get free food. Never mind that they might send you someplace where there's a holdup man with a gun in the bank who's going to kill you. I mean, the responsibility of a soldier is to kill if necessary. Okay, so what I'd like to know from you... you get a free education? That's your job is to get a free education? That sounds like these lunatics on Wall Street right now. Pay for everything. Just give it to me. Okay, so so, but would you... you, Phil, do you understand that all she was telling you is that the faculty supports sending kids to the military? So once again, there's no anti-military message on government school campuses. There's no organized counter-recruiting effort. It's only the military... Recruiting people, no counter message whatsoever. But what's now, the alternative? Are you insinuating that there's a there's a, a anti military and anti matter? I have an I mean, alternative, Phil. Phil, it, it's out, I I support your uh, position of saying, look, I, I don't want to uh, give my life to serve. 
because I'm not at the right age. I'm just not in the right circumstance. Um, so you want to support the military. So would you yeah. support making it optional for me to fund the military if, say, I don't want it, saying that you did come from a libertarian bent? As, as soon as I get to not have to buy food for people who are fat. Yeah, I, I don't want to make you buy food for anyone except the people you want to choose to buy food for. So exactly. will you support then my you are, you, not yeah, funding absolutely. the military if I don't want to? As as soon as I think you and I are in complete agreement on that one, we're not going to have any arguments on that. Great, Phil. I, at, at the same at the same time, you know, some people are going to say that they don't want to pay taxes for roads. It's necessary. The common defense is in the Constitution. Provide well, just because some defense. people wrote down an old document back a couple hundred years ago doesn't mean that anybody that's alive today well, or anybody that was alive then is a, is a, to, obligated to obey it, dude. Well, you're, now you're getting dangerously close to living on the desert island. I mean, if you're not going to have any rules, then you start getting – that's not – The Constitution, sir, is a set of rules for the government it's, to follow. I don't know if you were aware it, of that, it, but it's – a, It's a group of limitations on the government. How's that working right. out? It is a set of limitations on the government. It is not – no, it's not backward. There are still rules that everybody must – they're not written into the Constitution. Those are the rules for the government to follow. So what does a being a libertarian mean to you, Phil? I'm just curious. You described yourself that way. I said I have a uh, – yeah, I, I would say that. Um, I don't want anybody messing with my ability to carry a firearm if I want to. Um, I want to be able to speak when I want to, where I want to, uh, within limitations. I shouldn't be able to do that in someone else's yard or in their home if they don't want me there. But what what – I don't know. But how much if you had to, say, you if you had to sum I, I up your belief... The, I believe that the United States of America exists for a reason. And I think that this experiment in government is the most, without question, the most generous that there has ever been on the planet with personal liberties. And I think that your show takes them to the bizarre on occasion. Our, not, our masters are so much nicer than any of the masters anywhere else yeah, in the world. Yeah, just said. yeah that is what he said. For someone who's been to China uh, uh, three different occasions. I've been to China, Phil. What are, you trying, what are you trying to say? Yeah, th- their masters suck. Our masters are way better. That's, Actually, that's Hong Kong ranks as the freest place second, in the world. If you think for really a second that, that China, you think that, that the communist government of China, if you can equate that with the United States government, you are absolutely a lunatic. You're hey. a lunatic. No, I never had any problems with the government while I was in China. You just use the word Bill. government to describe both places, so you're a lunatic. You know, yes, oh by God. your own logic. And we, all breathe, we all breathe air, too. We all breathe air, too. Phil, so when I asked you to define what being a, a libertarian meant for you, you went and you said, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And that's great. I'm no. glad that you want to do things, and I think you should be free to do things. But being a liberty-oriented means... I want to be free from the government to do things. Thanks for the Those call, Phil. I appreciate hearing from things. you. One eight five five four fifty free. Being liberty oriented, I don't use the term libertarian for myself anymore because people like Phil and you know they, I think they have poisoned what it what it used to mean. But uh, to be liberty oriented means not just what you want to do for your life. It means you have to support the freedoms of everyone to be able to do what they want with their lives, as long as they're not harming other human beings. And the military hurts people. So therefore, like you, Derek, and Allie, I have no interest in supporting an organization like that. And What's if- the point of being a libertarian if you're just like, I want to be able to do the things I want to do? That's everyone. Right. And a lot of people want to do the things they want to do, but they don't want other people to do the things that they're interested in. So uh, you, in order to love freedom, you have to give people freedom. You have to give people 
liberty. You have to allow them to choose and make choices that maybe you wouldn't make for yourself in your life, in your family. And you have to be willing to be okay with that and focus on your own life and focus on making your world better. Hour 3 is next. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight. It's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 Solar Generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220-watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 1-855-450-FREE. That's toll-free and brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. So we will take your calls about absolutely anything. Let's go and start with Scott uh, listening in Massachusetts. Uh, Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, uh, Mark, uh, Derek, and uh, Ali. How are you? Mark's not here. Uh, he is out on vacation this week, uh, but it I mean, is Ian. Doing here. very well, Scott. And Scott, you are you. Scott the bigot. Uh, so what's on your mind tonight? What sort well, of hatred my... have you called to spread this evening? Well, the hatred that I have, and it is hatred, uh, I was swindled. Did I tell you I was swindled out of $190,000? Just no. today? I was swindled out of $190,000 uh, when Lehman Brothers uh, went bankrupt. Uh, on September 15th, 2008, I'll never forget that day because I was informed by my broker uh, that uh, the money had vaporized. It was gone. And uh, that money that was gone, I was luckily not wiped out. But uh, I joined the ranks of millions of uh, people on Main Street. Make no mistake about it, Wall Street has destroyed Main Street. These protesters are not punks. They're not goons. They're not scum. They have legitimate grievances. And if their grievances aren't met, there is going to be a revolution in this country. I have an outline uh, about, I, you already know where I stand with Jewish bankers. Uh, and these are like... Blo- the news about are- the Jews, I wanted to predict it, but no, I hold didn't on. want to, you know, Lord, put words in your mouth. Wait a minute, wait, Scott, hold on a second. I want to take a quick assessment here uh, with my co-hosts, because you guys kind of got the ball rolling uh, being co-hosts on the show while I was in jail for two months. So it's actually our first show together, which I'm, yeah, enjoying. That's right. <laughs> I'm enjoying quite a bit, uh, as awesome. a matter of fact. But I'm wondering, have either of you ever talked to Scott the Bigot before on the radio? I sure Scott, have. I've heard you plenty of times, but I haven't been able to speak to you directly, so this is a pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad you're getting pleasure out of Scott's call. It's uh, I do. Unusual. I like it. So, uh, okay. So, Scott, I'm a little confused. You mentioned it sounds like you're in support of the protests. Absolutely. But Absolutely. even though there's there's people of color at the uh, the I protests, that. 
It's a populist movement. So wait, now, haven't you predicted in the past that this, uh, you know, all of the anger and frustration in this country is going to boil over into some sort of a racial civil war? Do you still believe that's true? I believe it is true, but before, before it goes into a racial civil war, it's probably what I see now is going to erupt into a class war, class warfare. That doesn't mean to say that there won't be a racial war down the road. No, but as have for you now, actually it's going been erupt into class conflict? I, I see what you're saying there, and one could say that uh, you know the 99 percent versus the one percent might just be something like that. Uh, but nonetheless, my question is uh, in regards to your observation of these protests. You live in Massachusetts. It probably wouldn't be a big deal for you to head to Boston. Maybe you live in Boston. I don't know where you live. But uh, have you actually been out of your home and gone to one of these events? No, I have not. I've okay. been. I, it's. 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 A, I don't have the time, and I. Wait mean a that. minute. I may have the what time are you doing with your time? What's that? What are you doing with your time? What, what's it? What's a, a day like in Scott's day? I yeah. do a lot of chores. I. Uh, I. Uh, for in, mom. Uh, doing chores for I mom. I knew you were going to say that about my. You know, my mom is uh, is ill. <laughs> I'm I, uh, sorry. I, I shouldn't oh. laugh. I, I'm no, no, sorry. I want. I want to set the record straight. Uh, I take care of my mother. I'm very proud of that. She's disabled. Uh, you could call it a mama's boy or whatever you call it, but that's irregardless. I'm not going to make fun of you. I wouldn't call it that. That's great, Scott. I'm very proud that I take care of my mom, and I want to say something. But wait, you don't get to leave the house at all? No, I I get to leave the house. uh, How long would it take you to drive to Boston for, uh, for a protest? I could be there within an hour. Within an hour. All right. So yeah. you couldn't you couldn't take uh, four hours out of your week and and go down there and spend you know an hour, two hours on the road and two hours at the yes, protest. Yes, I could. Yes, I could. So I, why, I, why I, don't I, you? I know what you're saying. You got to make time. I'd yeah, like you to do. make some 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 posters. One of the posters that I would have uh, is I would have a picture of a. Uh, uh, I try to get a picture, if not of Lloyd Blankfein. Of Goldman Sachs, right? Uh, I'd have big posters: Lloyd Blankfein, Goldman Sachs, Alan Schwartz, Bear Stearns, Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan, I don't know who any of those. Yeah, these no, people no. Are. Jamie Dimon's a real crook. I, I, I'm with you on all those names, Scott. The, and I would have a and under and under all of the names, under all of the names, I would say these international Jewish bankers have destroyed the American economy. You know, Scott, I have a few suggestions. If you really don't like minorities, what you should start proposing: higher taxes, affirmative action. Raise the minimum wage. All these things are really great ways to stick it to the minorities. I would, I would hope that uh, instead of uh, encouraging Scott to stick it to the minorities, that uh, we could encourage him to meet some of them. Well, these are all things that pe- that people think that they help poor people. True. But Scott, if you look at the economics, and these things would really be, you know, they are devastating towards minorities. And you know, it's I don't hitting think racism, basically, the, right. these policies. Uh, whether they were intended to be racist policies is a question up for speculation, but the ultimate result of these policies is essentially d- divisive. And uh, You know what irritates me? The police, uh, I hate. Uh, I've hated the police for a long time because, personally speaking, getting a, a ticket or whatever, when you have a man with a badge and you have a man with a gun and you have a man with a uniform, he has the most power that you could ever imagine – I learned a long time, gentlemen, that he could he could knock on your door. He could arrest you so fast it would make your head spin. I, I can I can relate. Uh, I can empathize with you on this, uh, Scott. But I've moved past my hatred, 
and I've moved to the understanding that these are people and they have feelings and they have families and they have wants and and uh, needs just like any other human being out there and that they've maybe maybe they've been lied to maybe they've been lied to a lot uh maybe they're confused I try to look at the police with a much more compassionate uh, empathetic viewpoint I don't want to be in their shoes but I can I can try to understand what it's like to be in their shoes and attempt to bring the ideas of liberty to them as well. So here's my suggestion for you, Scott, because I really, really want you to come to the understanding someday that people are just people and they're different. And uh, individuals should be if you're going to judge someone, they should be judged on their their own merits as an individual, what they believe, what they say, what their actions are, not the color of their skin, not their religious inclination, not uh, for whom they are uh, employed, by whom they are employed. And I think that maybe if you went down to the Boston, uh, Occupy Boston protests and brought like, maybe like bring an anti-cop sign. Don't do the Jewish banker thing because then you're going to be seen as a racist and that's, that is what you are. But, uh, you know, just to, just to kind of bring something that maybe is going to gel a little better with the people down there. Absolutely. But Ian, then when he brings like, he's going to be wearing his cop block shirt and down there and he's going to be, you know, perceived as one of the, is, a liberty lover and then he's gonna start talking and people are gonna be like all these people are a bunch of racists and just confirm i didn't suggest he wear a cop block anything (laughs) Uh, i was suggesting he just make up an anti-police sign just because you're anti-police doesn't mean you're a liberty lover so you bring an anti-police sign down there and start talking to people and listening more than anything else ask some questions maybe and try not to ask them about the jewish bankers try to keep away from race related questioning and just ask people why they're there and what they think and just kind of get get to know some people and and maybe you'll actually have some positive experiences with people who don't look just like you could i leave your audience with a thought tonight Go for it. I look at America tonight, and in a nutshell, it's very, but cut it through all the BS. America is at a crossroads. It's been destroyed. It's either going to go capitalism, I hate. I hate democracy. I hate equality. I would go for fascism if I could. Uh, then you come to another. We have crossroads. fascism. <laughs> You're winning. You Mussolini's, Benito Mussolini's fascism is in Italy, or Adolf Hitler's National Socialism is in Germany. Then you must I love the America arrests in Boston. Being, I see America being destroyed by three forces, international Jewish capitalism. He hates the police, but he loves fascism and socialism or communism and international Jewish Zionism. Scott, you're so confused. And thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Hates the police. I want to I want to know if he's going to occupy the courtrooms. If, if he's so close to Boston, Scott, go no. out to those courtrooms and occupy them. He's not going to Boston. One eight five five four fifty three because then he might encounter blacks and Hispanics that are actually friendly and nice to him, and they'll shatter his viewpoint of uh, his worldview. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything, even if you're a little nuts. It's free talk live. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything. The number for you, 1-855-450-FREE. That's toll free, brought to you by SACL CAI, 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Allie. We invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site, so perhaps you have a smartphone. You'd like to get quick access to our live streams and our podcast. All you have to do is go to m.freetalklive.com. That's m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Now, coming up October 19th, it's going to be a big day if all goes as planned. And you can help it go as planned by visiting blackthisout.com to become part of the largest grassroots donation effort in history and show the establishment that it is we, the people, not the media, that will be deciding the future of this country. It's the first step in getting the government out of your life and out of the economy. So visit blackthisout.com today and prepare yourself for October 19th and let the media know that you won't stand by and just let your freedom be blacked out. That's blackthisout.com. Of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything News out of Falls Church, Virginia, according to WTOP.com. It seemed like a great idea. Build a treehouse on his property for two growing boys. But for one local man, it's turning into a big, expensive lesson in government red tape. Mark Grapen thought his two sons would love the treehouse. And you can't see the photo here, but it's a very cute little uh, treehouse. It's got a little slide that uh, the kids can go down on the front. There's a, a stepladder in the back. And, you know, it's got uh, kind of a wooden look to it with uh, some some yellow trim on it. It's a nice little... Cute little windows and everything. Yeah, what kid wouldn't like a treehouse like this? And so he built it. Uh, in fact, he, he, like a good little citizen did, called Fairfax County before starting to find out what the rules were for the neighborhood in which uh, he lives in Falls Church. And he says that the guy in the building permits uh, department laughed me off the phone. He was told it's a treehouse, and so therefore it's not built to, any co- built to any code. So he figured, well, cool, I can just go ahead and build my treehouse. Bureaucrat on the phone said, it's no problem. Right. That's what I would think. Yeah, unfortunately... If a bureaucrat tells you something, it may not be the truth. Now, it may not. not be because a bureaucrat's lying. It may just be because they don't know. Yeah, there are so many rules. How could any of them know what all the rules are? I, I'm sure he just thought it's a treehouse. Who cares? He probably exactly. thinks the system he works, works under is reasonable. As reasonable as he might be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, so just it's never good enough to just believe what they're going to tell you, which means that you never really know for sure. Like one of them says one thing, but another one could say something else. So how many of them are you supposed to ask before you go uh, go about your project? How many hoops are you supposed to jump through? Ask so, all of them. Right. Apparently that's <laughs> what you have to do because he went ahead and got it done. He went to the home improvement store, bought $1,400 worth of supplies, spent six weekends worth of time building this treehouse. It has red clapboard siding, shingles, a slide, a pull-down ladder, two climbing ropes, closed windows, and shutters. It's wrapped around the tree but stands free, not touching the tree, and it stands to the side of his house. Now, Grapen says his immediate neighbors had no complaints, but someone did complain anonymously to Fairfax County. Mm. Grapen was told he had to treat it like an addition to his house and get a zoning variance. He spent more than $1,800 getting the proper <gasps> forms and going through a hearing. Oh, my. Get, uh, money to get forms? 
Right. Just to jump through the hoops to get a hearing, he had to pay $1,800 for all the forms and whatever the fee is to apply for, you know, the, the variance. Because he's applying, to, he's asking the great gods at the city or the county council to change the zoning on his piece of property. This is apparently a big to do. So more than the price of the treehouse just to get correct the forms to get the proper permission to to use this, right? That's correct. Oh, my God. But it doesn't end there, of course. The home sits on a corner lot, and zoning board chairman John Ribble says that means what Grapen thought was a side lot is actually the front lot. And so, therefore, the variance was rejected. So, chalk up $1,800 in cost to apply for the variance, and then in a good F.U. from the city government or uh, county government to say, yeah, no thanks. Oh, my gosh. That is unreal. Well, I'm sure it's refundable, right? I mean, they're not going to make <laughs> oh, paper yeah. forms since they have no use for now. The yeah, I, I only wish. Man says he does have an appeal scheduled for November 30th, which means he gets to appeal to the same board that rejected him. Uh, and if he loses that, fair. he will have to remove the treehouse. He'll have to take it down. Mm-hmm. Well, I or just... else... Now, it doesn't say what happens here, but if it's like any other place that I've ever read about, including our very own Pretty Little Keen, uh, if you violate some sort of zoning ordinance, the typical thing they do is fine you for every single day of the violation. So he could leave it up, and then they'll uh, you know, the hit him with so 200 could bucks be, a day or something like this that. This could potentially be jail time for a man who built a treehouse for his two growing kids. If, if, if he pushed it to the limit where he said, no, excuse me, I paid all this money to build the thing, did it myself on my own property, then paid even more money than that, which I spent on building it, to fill out forms... I, I I would have to leave the city or, or keep it up and just stay and say, I'm sorry, you'll have to come arrest me. No, so, no, Jim, little Jimmy and Sarah are just going to have to pay rent to use a treehouse. Usually. You know, and pay the fine every day. A hundred bucks a day, 500 bucks a day, who knows what it is, but it's going to be outrageous and it's going to add up quickly. But Derek, he probably won't go to jail because usually these kinds of... Uh, say call them civil issues because it won't be a criminal case that'll be brought against him it's it's essentially uh since it's zoning they'll find him in violation and they'll say all right we're starting the counter you're going to get fined this amount per day and at the longer he waits at some point they'll just they'll tally up these numbers and they'll put a lien on his property which oh. uh which will mean that eventually they'll keep leaning his property and at some point they'll get to the point where the amount of the liens is enough for they for them to take the property from him uh likely because he won't be able to pay enough taxes he won't be able to he won't be able to pay it off at some point and if he doesn't pay it off, they'll just take the property from him. So this, then the only way for, he, for him to go to jail would be to continue to occupy the property as a squatter, uh, you know, because he believes he owns his house. They'll, co- they'll consider him a squatter and they'll come and they'll evict him. And if he doesn't want to go, then he could be arrested. Does this situation have the illusion of legitimacy to anyone? Great question. That's what the government wants. They want you to believe they're out there to protect you. Right. They're saying this is totally legitimate. Excuse me, Mr. Treehouse Builder, but we're the people who protect you and you need to pay up because that's what we do. So if, if he doesn't believe that, then then shoot. They, I mean, they don't look legitimate to me. I don't see how they could look More homeless people 
More. <laughs> well, mean, right. You can kick somebody out of their home, so then they can what? Go on welfare? Is that the idea when you take somebody's home from them? Well, it, it's just crazy. Hopefully they'll become dependent and then they'll just be little, they'll feed into anything you say. And what message is this sending to the kids? I mean, this is a, a situation that does involve kids. The treehouse was built for them. I'm glad you asked that question because that's the very end of the uh, the piece here. They okay. have, have a quote from this man. What, what is and it? They, they, they ask, well, he talks about how if he doesn't, uh, for instance, if he doesn't win this appeal, that he's going to have to remove the treehouse. And so they ask, well, if that happens, what will he tell his kids? And we'll tell you in a moment here what he is going to tell his kids. I would love to know. 1-855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Have you ever had to deal with this zoning nonsense? Share your story. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That is brought to you by SACL CAI, that toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and you can interact. The chat room is built into the same page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com to experience that. It's completely free, like the rest of our website, cam.freetalklive.com. We are talking about the illegal treehouse that a man built for his sons, thinking that after having talked to one bureaucrat who said it's no big deal, it's not uh, an actual house, so it's not doesn't need to be built any code. So go ahead, go ahead, you have my blessing, uh, build this treehouse. Well, he did that, spent fourteen hundred dollars and six weekends worth of his time uh, to build what is a very beautiful treehouse. But unfortunately, someone complained, allegedly, to the Fairfax County government, and they decided that it's an addition on his home. Even though it is in no way, shape, or form connected to his home, they considered it an addition to his home, and therefore he needs to get a zoning variance, variance which cost him more than $1,800 just to prepare for by, by getting the forms and going through a hearing, which they ended up rejecting his variance. So they cashed his checks for $1,800 and then told him to go F off. Uh, he has an appeal scheduled, but if he loses the appeal, he's going to have to have the treehouse demolished and removed from his property. So if that happens, what will he tell his kids? This is what WTOP, who's reporting on the situation, asked him. Well, here's his answer. Daddy makes mistakes. We tried our best. I made a mistake by not knowing enough. Oh, Mike. Is that the end of his statement? That's it. So, who knows the answers, Daddy? Government does, kids. Okay. Like, what? That's insane. Isn't it sad? That's really sad. But this is how people have become. This is how sad so many people are when it comes to their relationship with the government. 
it, the answer is not, well, kids, the government's a gang of criminals and they've threatened me with, uh, you know, stealing our home from us if uh, we don't do what they say. And I'm too afraid to really stand up to them, kids. So, uh, you know, what you should learn from all this is, is that uh, daddy's a coward. Uh, now that's I'm being mean. Really, I don't blame anybody for great? for knuckling under under this pressure. Yeah, but even if he were honest about that and saying, "Look, I, I'm afraid of of what these people are right. going to do to me." That's what it is. You can say that to your kids, and I I think you uh, I would that's encourage people to do that because that is honest. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of them stealing my home from me. That's why I'm still paying property taxes. I'm, I'm going to admit. You know, I admit to that on the air. That's that's cowardice on my part. Mm-hmm. Well, and. So many other people are are cowering as well out there for fear of what these people calling themselves the government will do to them. Well, I think people like this gentleman who built the treehouse don't know how many of us there are who would support him if he were to go all the way and, and claim that he owns the property that he lives on and that he owns the treehouse and he's not going to demolish it no matter what anyone says because it's not hurting anybody. Well, I would certainly support somebody like that. But when you say support, like, what do you mean? Well, I I would say that he – I assume this gentleman feels too alone, that he, that he doesn't have anyone in his community who's going to stand up and say, excuse me, government bureaucrats, but what you're doing is wrong. And I will shame you. I mean, I mean, I, all I'm asking for is shaming here, you know, just um, ostracism of the government bureaucrats. Let them know when you're seeing them in the shopping centers. Hey, man, that is not OK what you're doing to, to John Doe over there. The, I think that's that's the kind of support that I would want to see in his community. Well, it, it reminds me of, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Central Square Keene and uh, me and some of my friends were talking to a police officer who decided to camp or not camp out, but stand there and watch guard basically. And um, they have this silly rule in Keene where you can't ride your bike through uh, Central Square. Right, no biking on sidewalks. Right. So there are a couple times when these guys would come by on their bikes and the cop just snap his fingers. Hey, hey, you. Uh- and the fear in these people's eyes, like. They didn't like they thought oh, they were going to be shot oh. or something. I don't know what they thought, but it was, you know, an immediate like fearful. Oh, I'm so sorry, officer. I'm so sorry. I'll never, you know, it's that just Pavlovian response, yeah. right? Where they're just, oh, my gosh, the guy with the badge and the, the fine hat. I don't want a ticket. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, people on bikes, that just shocks me that anyone stops for an officer when you're on a bike. You can definitely get away down a back alley or down a street somewhere that they couldn't chase you. You can always uh, get away on a bike. I I encourage I you suggest, to do that. I don't suggest trying to get away. Well, but... you don't have to, but I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. You are a ballsy dude, Derek J. I Your arrest you, is man. not in my hands. You're gonna Derek. give those. You're gonna give those guys an excuse to bust you up. If you run away from. If <laughs> you run away from that's them, fine. If you I'm, run away from them, they will. Okay, I can't generalize. Many cops will not feel bad or remorseful at first for shooting someone who's running away from them. I expect them to fail. That's. I mean. I mean, they probably are terrible shots. But yeah. if there's 15 of them shooting at you. I, I don't well, know the statistics. I don't know if they're going to be likely to pull a gun if somebody's just biking on a sidewalk. But. If you right. try to they're, run, they're just going to try and chase you down, either on foot or in their car. And there are places that police cars just can't go down some back alleys or down the wrong way on a one-way street. They're not going to be able to chase you if you're on a bike. I mean, more people need bikes. If you don't like the police, carry a camera and, and ride a bike. You, you ride film- a bike. I don't. So you may you may know. 
more than I do. But I just the thought of running from police officers is. Yeah, and, I, I am a coward about yeah, running from police officers. I will not do it. <laughs> that's why I say carry a camera because you don't know what's going to happen and until you do it. And then you can show the world what really happens when, when you refuse to stop for the man with the fine hat. So what was he supposed to do in this case with the treehouse? He, he says, Daddy makes mistakes. Well, what was the mistake to yeah, not seemed- go to every single government bureaucracy and inquire with every, like you said, every single bureaucrat to find out? But he did ask. So yeah, somebody, I, yeah. I think that was disingenuous of him to say that daddy makes mistakes. No, this guy who he called at City Hall or whatever, that's the one who made the mistake. He he got the answer from the government official. Well, it's like, you know, the nanny state. You've, guy's got his kids and then he has his own set of parents and they're the state and he has to follow what they say yeah. and submit to them because they have the authority and he's just you know, powerless under them. Right. Big brother is everyone's parent. It reminds me of the parents who just knuckle under whenever the the so-called authorities come after their kids' lemonade stand. And instead of doing the right thing, which we've actually seen, there was one story of a mom who basically continued in the face of the threats of the police. She told her daughters to keep going and to keep, you know, she helped them continue to operate their lemonade stand, even though that they were coming after her for them. It's very rare that you'll find parents that are willing to encourage their kids to engage in non-cooperation and god it's just so sad to to think that this guy has to destroy what is essentially a a beautiful creation simply because some board of arbitrary bureaucrats strangers people like he probably doesn't know anyone who's on this zoning commission that these people get to sit in control of whether or not his kids get to enjoy a time-honored tradition of being a child in America, and that is having a treehouse uh, to play in. Now, I, I would encourage these these young individuals for whom the treehouse was built to occupy the treehouse if, <laughs> if the government bureaucrats ever came to say, you have to take this down. It, it would send a strong message if the kids took ownership of this, because it really isn't the guy who's who built it, right? He he gifted it to his children. It's not like he says, "Oh, that's my treehouse out there in the backyard." Right. That's the kids. So yeah, he's not going to be playing in it, right? So if the kids are occupying this treehouse, I think that the public will and the bureaucrats will have a different point of view. Well, usually when the news gets involved in a case like this, it brings some pressure on the bureaucracy because. Most people see this. As you said, who could look at this and say this is legitimate for the government to do this? Most people will look at this and they'll say this is pretty outrageous. And usually that's the only thing that changes how the government people behave in these cases is the public outrage that might come out of this. But it's sad that it, these things happen all the time. And if they don't get the news coverage, if they don't, you know, if they're not getting the public outrage, then it's just people having their rights and their freedoms just trampled upon and just putting their head down and saying, oh, so walk all I'm over sorry. Sorry. Daddy made a mistake. one 450 free That's the toll-free number. You bring up anything, even in these remaining moments, you can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. 
is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you. Even in these remaining moments, we have enough time for you and your thoughts at 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Derek J. And Allie. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. You can help Free Talk Live by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. And I'm all caught up. I, I thought it might take longer than it did. It took me a couple of days worth of of work uh, to catch up with basically two months worth of people signing up and uh, for the for the AMP program while I was in jail. So I've uh, I've got that all caught up and you get your perks like access to the AMP only call in lines, the AMP only forum and more. Get the details over at amp.freetalklive.com. And what happens with the three bucks a month, that's all we ask for the AMP program. What happens with it is we reinvest it into the show. So to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, to bring more internet listeners on board, and therefore expose new people to the ideas of freedom. That's what AMP's all about. It doesn't go to paychecks uh, or anything like that. AMP.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and the fun. We've got Nick in Illinois on one of those AMP lines. Hello, Nick. Hi. I'd uh, like to put on my devil's advocate hat for a moment about that illegal treehouse. This is the man who built his uh, spent fourteen hundred dollars and six weeks worth of or six weekends worth of time building a treehouse that he thought was completely legal. Turns out someone complains. The county government comes after him. Uh, he tries to get a zoning variance, spends eighteen hundred dollars in fees attempting to get the variance, had the variance rejected, and now faces having to remove the treehouse if his appeal fails. Yeah. Well, I can imagine a statist arguing that, uh, quite simply, regardless of the terms used. Uh, People really don't own their land. The municipal government owns the land, and so it can kick you off if you don't obey the rules. What do you say to that? Well, that is absolutely what a statist uh, would would argue, and I would say that, uh, well, if if you've got someone who is is advocating the viewpoint that the government actually owns everything, that is the correct viewpoint. I mean, by all evidence, that's the way things operate. That's how they behave. And all of the rest of us act as though that that's true. So it might as well be true. Although if you actually ask the government people who owns a particular piece of property, they will insist that it's you if you're the alleged owner. And they'll never admit to actually being the ones who uh, who own everything. So in theory, at least, we should all own our own property. Property And, of course, ownership means the right to control something. So, therefore, the idea that a group of zoning bureaucrats can decide for me whether or not my kids get to have a treehouse is is quite the insult. Well, but, I, I actually but, have an opinion about this. I, I agree with homesteading theory. From what I understand, it uh, seems to be that someone who makes use of land is going is the owner. If you're using land and, you know, it has isn't being used by anyone else, it's not being, you know, it's not the own, owned by anyone else, I'm sorry, then it's your land. So I think the I, I think the government is an idea and it's an illusion. And mm-hmm. so maybe legally it's their land in some fashion. But I think legitimately it is the person who is making use of the land is the owner. Well, Nick, well, I'd like to ask you, you were playing devil's advocate I would ask, do you own yourself? <laughs> well, uh, one one thing at a time. I just got a whole slew of well, yeah, um, yeah, fair input there. Um, number one regards uh, the term ownership. Now, maybe a status could argue, well, you libertarians are just using the term ownership differently. When we say ownership, we're talking about uh, actually what you would call a form of, I don't know, licensing. You know, we allow you to be on this land because that's certainly how they act. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, 
as to what Ali said, I think some would argue, well, you know, way back in time, when people formed this government, they contracted the true ownership of their land to that government. Which, of course, there's and no evidence so, for that. None whatsoever. Well, maybe there are in some places, if you go back far enough. Uh, hard to say. And um, and then, what did you say, um, Derek? Well, I you were saying, what would I say to a statist who, who made the claims that you made when you uh, first started speaking? And I would say, do you own yourself? Uh, what do you mean by own? <laughs> Well, property maybe is that's something we maybe that's <laughs> something we can talk about. But I, I, you were asking about owning land, and I think that you can only own land if you own yourself, so that you can have an extension of of your private property. What you mix your labor with nature. Mm. Lucky in homesteading theory, by the way, seems to have been superseded in the libertarian literature by Stephen Kinsella's better title theory. Hmm. Because uh, one of the problems with Lockean homesteading theory is that it's also the principle behind intellectual property. And I think those two are, are incompatible. But I don't think that theory, intellectual what? property is property, and I don't think that the same things apply to it that physical property would. Right, because mm-hmm. ideas could be copied uh, without loss to the original idea. <laughs> And there's no shortage of ideas either. Like with property, there's a very finite yeah, there's uh, amount of it. There's scarcity. Right, scarcity is the word. So what mm-hmm. is this other theory that Kinsella has put forth? Can you say, what, what's it called again? Uh, better title theory. Um, I'm still busy understanding it myself, but it's based on the idea that, uh, that uh, property rights are relative rather than absolute, meaning that, uh, well, you know, he's a lawyer, and so he's seen some really... Um, some, some of those edge cases that really uh, break the rules and sort of reveal what the real underlying principles are. And uh, sometimes when people have a property dispute, the way to settle it is to see who has a better title, and there are all these criteria. One of them is is first possession, which is sort of like, it's pretty much the homesteading, <clears throat> pretty much the homesteading rule, but without the uh, quasi-mystical element to it that, you know, mixing your labor with it gives you property to it. Stephen Kinsella's uh, um, argument against that, which which I have read recently, is, uh, well, first of all, how, how does that prove that mixing your labor with something causes you to own it, as opposed to causing you to lose ownership of your labor the same way you lose ownership of your spit when you spit into the ocean? And secondly, one reason why we know that mixing your labor with something does not mean you own it is, let's say that you steal someone's hunk of metal and then you carve a statue out of it do you not own that statue because you've mixed your labor with it no the original owner who owns that material uh is the one who owns it sure and the homesteading principle doesn't address as mark brought up recently the idea of someone who wants to keep property pristine who wants to own property simply for the purpose of not touching it so yes, therefore, that was excellent, and that uh, you know I would have called in to suggest that, but Mark Mark got to it, and I was glad. How does uh, How does Kinsella address that one? Um, I uh, I haven't gotten to that part yeah. yet. I'm well, still reading a very long PDF on his property rights theories. I mean, if you if you think about it, if you buy property, even if you're not using it, then the money that you use to buy it is source is like it comes from your labor, right, or someone's labor. Mm-hmm. It's you know, that's how you make money most of the time. So it's sort of like mix. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a jump. But. Well, it sounds like it would take some labor to get that homesteader off of your pristine property. So and maybe you would be uh, like reinstating your ownership by 
using whatever you needed to persuasion i would I, hope to yeah. get the person off i usually just say that the market will figure this out because i don't know <laughs> you know i don't know exactly how this would end up panning out but it's but fun to theorize it is and thankfully we have uh brilliant minds like stefan kinsella to uh to write up 50 page pdfs on uh, on these <laughs> topics yeah uh, ali did you um suggest that uh, a person who lives on and uses the land should be the rightful owner of it but then what about you know people who are uh, uh, renters on that land, essentially, like assuming that we did have a, a proper private owner who then rented out that land. Um, well, actually, I was sort of thinking about that when you were talking, and I guess maybe, I guess <clears throat> I don't quite understand homesteading theory, but I liked what I heard when I heard it described to me. But you're right, that is something that creates complications. I don't know what... How I mean, I'm sure the people that still advocate for homesteading or like the idea of homesteading as a form of determining whose property it is have had to, you know, come into they've heard of rent renting. Well, right, and when you're renting a property, you would agree that any improvements you make would become the owners, not uh, not the tenants. So right. that would be something I don't think you would contracts are void or anything like that. Just because you're using a pro- piece of property doesn't mean that you own it if you've contracted uh, with the owner. Right. Sometimes if I've got a tenant uh, who wants to, say, make a change to their their house, they, obviously they have to run it by me. And frequently I'll pay for like the materials or something like that. And if they, you know, as long as you're willing to do the work, if you want to paint your room pink, for instance, uh, you know, fine, whatever, go ahead. Uh, as long as I'm all right with that, you can do the labor. I'll pay for the materials, or you know, maybe they want to do both. It just all depends on what the the tenant comes up with as far as an agreement with the landlord is concerned. But- well, one last thing uh, because time is short. So it it sounds to me like um, a lot of this hinges on who is really the legitimate owner of the land, because I think that we would agree that if the municipality was a club that actually did legitimately own the land, then these rules would be just and they would have the right to evict this person. Right, in which case you would have actually consented to the rules of the club, which of course no one actually ends up doing because no one can possibly even read the rules uh, when they buy a home. Thanks, Nick, for the call. We're out of time tonight, but back tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author, John C. Maxwell. If you want to advance in your leadership journey, you need to get out of your own territory. Don't try to be king of the hill looking down from your high place on others. Come down and get with your people. Make it your responsibility to learn who they are, find out what they need, and help them to win as a team. In order to do anything new in life, we must be willing to leave our comfort zone. We have to take risk. We have to think differently. But each time we do those things, it expands our comfort zone and it enlarges us. If you want to grow as a leader, be prepared to be uncomfortable. But know this, the risks are well worth the reward. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. 
In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold.